Hi, Gibby. Hi, you are listening to Gibby's Guide, the podcast, a very occasional audio version to accompany the regular VR zine published on gibbysguide.org. Location-based VR has bounced back since the pandemic. The fastest-growing company, Sandbox VR, has just opened their 40th location worldwide. We went out and about to road test the best that the sector has to offer. Steve Zhao, co-founder and CEO of Sandbox VR, outlined his vision of a minimum viable matrix. I wanted an immersive experience with my friends, he says, where they could reach out and touch each other and actually make a physical connection. I believed that the real magic of VR would begin when someone could totally lose themselves in the immersive experience. The game, the interface, the disbelief would all fall away and only the experience would be left. For Steve Zhao, it began with the opening of their first arena in June 2017 on the 16th floor of a back alley high-rise in Hong Kong with leaky pipes surrounded by private members' clubs and less salubrious neighbours. The company survived through Covid and last month they launched their seventh title built in-house, Seekers of the Shard Dragonfire, and they've announced a deal with Netflix to bring Squid Game to VR later this year. While Sandbox VR is undoubtedly the shining beacon, selling upwards of 100,000 tickets a month, other LBVR companies are making headway. Czech startup Diver Labs is backed by billionaire Daniel Kretinsky, known for his investment in West Ham United Football Club in England, and has opened a prime location in West London inside Westfield, Europe's largest shopping centre, in addition to venues in Stockholm and Prague. Clever design means that Diver Labs can accommodate 48 people an hour inside its 150 metre square space. At full capacity, that would equate to an income north of $4 million a year in just that one retail area. London's first VR arcade, DNA VR, has expanded to three venues in the capital and one in Manchester, while another UK venture, Meetspace VR, has seven arcades across the country. Layered reality also borrows from popular culture, creating a two-hour spectacular with Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds immersive experience. Now in its fourth year, it takes place in a huge purpose-built set. But what are these experiences like? Do they justify the hype? We set out to take the temperature of the industry, travelling to five different locations in the UK.
The genius of Diver Labs is the multi-level layout of the single arena, allowing groups to start within minutes of each other and the illusion that you can freely walk around at will. There are actually six rooms you go through but it all flows seamlessly. Set in an attractive welcoming room inside a shopping centre, it's all blue neon and orange sofas. You're zipped up in natty B-haptics tack suits and there's no heavy backpacks to carry. It's very user-friendly and easy to get started, even more so for technophobe Mark who struggles with controllers. Of the two experiences we tried, the Lost Lab used a simple one-button device and the other, Meet the Dinosaurs, was played entirely through hand tracking. One press of a big red button later and we go together into the Lost Labs, an adventure into a mining facility in underground tunnels. My name's Harley and I'm, and I'm 11. Harley, uh, what's your experience with VR before today? Um, I have a MetaQuest 2 at home. Okay. Uh, we've just come out of the Diver VR arcade. Uh, what did you think? Um, it's a big level up from MetaQuest 2 because um, it, you can walk around and it's much better. But yeah, I really like it. Uh, what, let's let's go for the two different experiences. Let's start with the Lost Labs. What what can you remember about that? Um, it was it was good because um, you had to find um, different things like keys to open the door, and you had a torch so you could look around, and it was just really good. Yeah. And the Lost Dinosaurs. Oh yeah, that was a really cool one as well because. The dinosaurs, you could feel the vibration when they were coming near. And um, um, when you were on the, uh, the glider thing, you, you could feel the heat of the lava. That was when you flew over the volcano, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, cool. What about the T-Rex? Uh, you were hiding under the water, weren't you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you, sir, uh, can you introduce yourself? I'm Harley Stad, Mark. Um, yeah, I found an incredible experience. I, the, the, the dinosaur one was um, was really deep. You know, the swooping across the plains, in, uh, you know, the sort of panoramics you had. I really felt I was back in the, um, you know, in a different age, in the age of dinosaurs. Loved it. You, you don't do VR, really. So for you, it was quite a, a novel experience. Uh, what, what surprised you? What surprised me was how easy it was you know my problem with vr is i probably have the equivalent of dyslexia <laughs> you know i am the anti anti vr person in terms of you know getting through games and things like that so it's really manageable obviously um there are elements where you can reach high levels in terms of the the tasks that you have to fulfill but if you don't reach those levels you still get the full experience yeah yeah because there's no controllers and there's nothing to learn right exactly which doesn't mean that it's not advanced you can't advance but yeah. it just it means um you don't lose out what do you think about the the sort of clever trick because we went into the arcade without understanding how it worked and when you took the headset off and you saw what we'd been doing yeah, I thought that was great. I think, I think that's an advantage, actually. I think it's much better not to know and to uh, pick it up along the way. And what were we doing? In the real world, we weren't moving very far. It felt like we had travelled miles, but we weren't moving very far. There were a few separate rooms, um, but we were, we were pretty much moving um, 
in the same place. So like going from room to room and one bit when, yeah. when we were flying over the volcano, for example, yeah. uh, and, and it was revealed to us how it, how it worked. It's basically standing with a bar in front of us and a fan blowing hot air in your face. But when you're in the experience, you've got no idea that's No idea. It's like pulling back the curtain on, um, what's the foot? Yellow Brick Road. You know when they, the pulling back of the curtain? Yeah. Or even like um, Scooby-Doo, when they show you, God, that's how it all works at the end of those movies. (laughs) And you're uh, flabbergasted, yeah. 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 Cool. Thank you. Thanks. Sandbox VR certainly knows the value of first impressions. The location is prime real estate in central London and the facade of the modern post building is unmissable, decked in giant posters of VR gamers with the brand's logo. You're greeted by airport-style check-in terminals and a robot cocktail waiter to mix your drinks. Attendants give you an iPad menu of weapons to choose from. You take the physical item into the arena. You put on a haptic vest and tie alien-looking Velcro trackers that look like atoms around your wrists and ankles for a full-body, real-time motion capture. You carry a laptop in a backpack that sends movement coordinates to a server. It's quite a bit of kit, not forgetting the headset itself, and you definitely feel the weight. I'm playing Deadwood Valley with Johnny. We often play multiplayer games on Quest 2 from separate houses, but this is a co-location first. So, Johnny, we've just come out of Sandbox VR in central London, which is quite a swanky VR arcade. Uh, You've got quite a lot of experience with the Quest 2 at home and stuff. Uh, What did you think of the experience and and also the specific game that we played? Overall, I'm a little underwhelmed, really. Um, The game itself, I thought, uh, looked good, sounded good. The equipment on the whole was pretty good. Um, but what you actually do is quite limited. Um, you're just shooting. You don't really have time to communicate. The room was quite small. You're not moving around. So you're just like wave after wave. Um, it reminded me of one of those old arcade games where you used to have the gun and you'd have the foot pedal to duck down behind things but just upscaled into a sort of a VR scape. Uh, I like the haptic suit. I like the, the gun when it worked with the feedback. That was good. Um, I don't think the location mattered with the other person because like when we've played other games, mm. when we've been in totally different locations, it's exactly the same thing. Mm. And like when I had to touch you on the shoulder to get you unstunned, it was actually a bit disorientating. Um, I guess, yeah, people who've never done it before or just like a group, it's, you know, something fun to do. It's like going bowling, isn't it, you know?
DNA VR has three venues in London. This one was under the arches in a redeveloped area around Battersea Power Station, full of shops, bars and restaurants. It was London's first VR arcade, opened in 2017 and it's showing its age. The VR arcade experiences are old and available for Quest 2 anyway, like Arizona Sunshine and Synth Riders. There are four escape rooms for up to six people, four premium free-roaming experiences and four Ubisoft escape rooms for two or four people that are wired. We chose one of those, Beyond Medusa's Gate. Four of us played, but we were each in our own small box and the Virtual Guardian was practically an ever-present intrusion. Apart from a controller, there's no other bits of kit or extras like fans. Once in the game and after correcting feedback on our mics, we had fun customising our avatars and greeted each other virtually for the first time. We've just come out of the, uh, the Medusa experience at DNA VR. Uh, Fergus, what did you think of it? You've, have you ever done anything like that before as a sort of communal VR experience? No, it's the first time I have done something like that and it's the first time I've been together in, three, in virtual reality which is quite amazing. And how you've, you've had a bit of experience with home VR. What, what do you think is the sort of main difference? What, 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 did it surprise you? Well, I had, apparently, according to my girlfriend, we had the most intimate kiss. <laughs> More intimate than real life. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what I think of that. <laughs> sharing it is amazing. Sharing, it between, uh, sharing VR together is amazing. Yeah. Right. Big difference. Right. And uh, Nina, what did you? What was your impressions? Um, I thought it was quite amazing. Uh, the Medusa was really the, the scenery was incredible, and uh, yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was more realistic than the games that we do at home, you know. So it was more like wow. Well, I'm 11, but I'm going to be 12 tomorrow. <laughs> And what's your name, please? Charlotte. Charlie. Charlie. Checkers. Charlie Checkers. Uh, that, is that the first time you've done a VR arcade experience? Yes. We got to throw arrows at, like, that had ends at this thing, and then people had to climb it. It was really cool. And we did it in pairs. Rather, like, one thing that could have been done to make it better is that we did it in two halves, because basically the game is set up for two people, but they just replicated it and added another set on the other side, so two people, four people can do the same puzzles, I think it would have been better if it was one puzzle, like one, the same thing, but yeah. all four of us could have been like touching, because yeah. for some of it we were half and half. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of the quality of the puzzles? Uh, it was good. I mean, I'm normally very good at VR, escape rooms. I do them all the time at home, but it was hard, this one, hard. Right. Um, how would you come because you've got a quest 2 at home how would you would you compare it um i'd say the escape room better than an escape room that you could get on the quest 2 but there's more games on the quest 2 yeah yeah like that are accessible at well, that moment but i think in terms of it being all together like you need to have multiple quest 2s to do something even remotely similar to that yeah was it a problem being on a wire um kind of i tried to do like um ballet pirouette and I got all tangled <laughs> and she had to come and untangle me. <laughs> Time.
Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? I'm walking in Stretford on the outskirts of Manchester, quite close to Man United's football ground. I'm going to Meet Space VR, which has got locations around the UK, where I'm going to play Far Cry 6 and Zombie Arena. At the time of my visit on a weekday morning, there's a single family of four playing in a smaller space. But the manager, Harry, says it's mostly corporate gigs during the week and the weekends are fully booked for friends and families. The big draw is the massive 10 by 20 metre arena. Harry doesn't look like he's joking when he says he's clocked people running several kilometres in a half hour game of the most popular title, Ubisoft's Far Cry 6. Ours is 10 by 20 meters. We don't use any uh, exterior tracking. It's all interior-based tracking. With that, though, not every grid has to be 10 by 20 meters. As long as it has enough space to cover the game, the game can be programmed to fit any grid size. So, for example, in Birmingham, I think theirs is a 15 by 15 meter grid, whereas some other venues do different sizes. Right. Here, it's a 20 by 10 meter. And you've got one group over here, which is a family and kids playing a, so, yeah, a so cooking game. So this is our uh, six by six metre grid um, for ours. Uh, right. They're in the four by four metre areas, the red one. So that's for your tower defence style games. Right. And for the more movement ones, it will expand slightly out as well. Okay, cool. They are about to cut you loose and hunt you for sport. So it's time to fight back. You will be equipped with a controller. Hold it with both hands and keep it close to your body. The weapons you have access to are an assault rifle and a crossbow. Pull the trigger to fire your assault rifle. The assault rifle will automatically reload when empty. If you want to reload manually, you can press the green button under your gun to fire the crossbow. You will need to pump the controller before each shot. To switch between weapons, lift your finger above the trigger and press the button on the side of your gun. And that's Far Cry 6, which is basically just going to war with your mates. The advantage of a huge free-roaming space that they've got there... I mean, I'm walking around gingerly at first because I'm just not used to being able to run is amazing it's interesting i think it's got a long way to go there's no haptic suits the games are a little old the graphic fidelity isn't brilliant uh but it has the big plus points which is the the huge free roaming area uh the guns that you can carry and the social aspect that you can play with a bunch of mates no one would have believed in the last years of the 19th century that human affairs were being watched from the timeless worlds of space. No one could have dreamed we were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Few men even considered the possibility of life on other planets. And yet, across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to ours regarded this Earth with envious eyes. And slowly and surely, they drew their plans against us.
the outlier of our arena adventures, Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds immersive experience, isn't an out-and-out -out VR arcade and can't be compared like for like. It's a two-hour theatrical interactive performance with live actors, which incorporates VR in three of its 24 scenes. But far from being incidental, they're both crucial to the story and extraordinary in their execution. The piece is inspired by the iconic best-selling double album from 1978, featuring the unmistakable narration of Richard Burton and David Essex, which in turn, of course, was based on the novel by H.G. Wells, published in 1898. It's Victoria-era London and the Martians have invaded. We're led into a musky room and our first costumed actor introduces us to the story. Between running through barracks and escaping down slides, we meet a Welsh soldier, a parlour maid and a dying woman. Through yet another door we're taken to a boat. It's time to escape London. Vicky takes up the story. Basically, we were pl plotting our escape from a Martian invasion. And we were taken around, yeah, doo, doo, doo. You have to get into a boat and put your headsets on. The boat's on hydraulics, so the, when, the, when it kind of gets a little bit, like we got out of London, we were in open water, and then the Martians are there, and you've got them moving the water and rocking another boat, which then sets kind of like a tidal wave, so your boat starts to rock. And I think they even sprayed water and things like that, and fans, yeah, so there was, was wind and water and hydraulics. And at one point, I, the, I think the lady behind was screaming at the, you know, the, the sort of like, because it looked like the ship was going to come to, it was coming towards us and we were trying to move out of the way because the Martians were sinking this other ship. It's all very epic and the, you know, the music's building and your boat's rocking and, and then a big wave comes over and that's it. It's all, that, that, that was the interval. And then we went to the Martian bar. The second VR weird one was when you have to go into a confessional booth by yourself and then you start hearing other people scream and then the end scene that was the third VR bit and you go off in a hot air balloon so again the amazing thing on that is you can they're actually pumping heat down through the middle so you can actually you know when you pull the the, the air to get the the heat going you can feel it all going down your neck it was amazing
My thanks to Diver Labs, DNA VR, Meet Space VR and Layered Reality for providing tickets for the experiences. Just to note that prices varied between the equivalent of $40 to $75 a person and the minimum age requirement began at 7 and went up to 16 Thanks to Mark, Harley, Johnny, Fergus, Nina, Charlie and Vicky. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just search for Gibby's Guide. If you haven't already, you can pick up the guide for free at gibbysguide.org, where you'll find links to the latest issue and all the archived editions. And I'll leave the last word to my good friend, Guilherme. Virtual reality is a fucking amazing experience.